this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today is a solo episode. I wanted to actually talk about people pleasing, which is something I know a lot of people deal with. Um, and it occurred to me, I had this breakthrough this week. I've had, I've been having so many great breakthroughs in therapy, actually. <laughs> but I had this major breakthrough that, um, having walked away from being a people pleaser, and I want to just preface this with, I've been doing this work for about 20 years. <laughs> so it's been, it's been quite some time to really get to the point where I'm like, I've walked away from people pleasing. But I realized that walking away from people pleasing has resulted in me being the kindest, most delightful version of myself that I could never have been if I stayed in the complicated pretzel that is living a people-pleasing centered life. I want to talk a little bit about um, what people-pleasing is just to get us started uh, before I get into like how I kind of left it. And I just want to say too, again, preface this with, I've been working on this for 20 years, so it takes a while to see some results, but it's making little micro changes over time. I feel like I say this in every episode of the podcast, but it's true, real, true, lasting change only comes from little incremental changes. Um, you can't just like, we, we live in a very all or nothing society that wants to teach us that if it doesn't happen fast, it's not worthwhile. And I will say, if it happens fast, it probably will leave fast, but if you develop it over time, it actually will be lasting, and that's what you want. You want lasting change that really helps you flourish and become the truest version of yourself. So people-pleasing is basically trying to control someone else's behavior, feelings, or experiences um, through whatever means, right? Like, it's people-pleasing is about control right? It's about conformity. It's about um, needing to be a version of yourself in order to elicit a specific response from someone else. And that's really seeking validation outside of yourself. And external validation is a trap. <laughs> it's just a way of, uh, you know, we're, we're born self-loving, right? When you imagine a little baby uh, finding their feet for the first time, they're just ecstatic about it. And they don't really care to please other people and they're just full of love and sweetness and giggles and but they're not really worried about what other people think until grown-ups teach them to be worried about what other people think. People pleasing is something I learned a lot about um actually in Al-Anon recovery. I know I talk about Al-Anon a lot on this podcast, but it's cuz it's had such a profound impact on my emotional well-being and part of that recovery is letting go of people pleasing. Um so basically, I used to really believe like when things were cool uh, and good, I needed to like control and keep the situation so things would stay cool and good. That's not actually how it works. Life is just always going to life at you. If you're not having problems in your life, you're not really living, right? Um, people pleasing is just kind of a way um, that I, what I kind of learned and, and the thing that really helped me understand it was that um, it was a survival tactic in an alcoholic home. So if you have, if you have the misfortune of living with a violent alcoholic, a lot of times you conform your behavior so you don't set that person off. And that's a very like obviously extreme example of people pleasing, but that's a survival tactic that people learn to uh, manage other people's tempers um, and to kind of like conform your mood to theirs so that way you're not unsafe. Um, and there's a great book that I read in Al-Anon Recovery called From Survival to Recovery that really taught me a lot about um, what those environments were like because I wasn't raised... 
with the alcoholic in the home so much. I had a single mom who was raised, you know, from a legacy of alcoholism. So even though she wasn't an alcoholic, she was very much affected by that um, based on how she grew up and the behaviors that, you know, her, uh, the people who raised her taught her to have, right? Um, And also, like, women specifically are socialized to be people pleasers. They're socialized to put other people's needs ahead of their own um, and not actually think about what their needs are or anything like that. Um, I also learned that uh, people-pleasing can also come in the form of conforming your mood to someone else's mood. Um, And a very liberating thing that I learned is that just because, you know, your partner is having a bad day doesn't mean you have to have a bad day. You can actually become what I've heard referred to as a thermostat, not a thermometer, meaning you are setting the tone for the room. You're setting the energy um, by being your own self and by having your own mood. And for me, I like to keep my mood upbeat because it helps me experience the world in a better way. So I've actually really curated a lot of behaviors and disciplines in my life to help me be in my best mood, right? Like dancing for, for one is one of the best things I do for my mood. Um, but basically like, Being a people pleaser is just really keeping the focus off yourself and focusing on other people. And sometimes that's a thing people do when it is too painful to look at themselves. And that's where, um, you know, I learned a lot of this, of course, in Al-Anon Recovery, where we were putting the focus on ourselves and we were learning to focus on ourselves and focus on what our feelings were so that we could actually adequately process them. Because if you're constantly... um, aligning your mood and your likes and your experiences to other people, you're not really knowing yourself. If you've seen the movie Runaway Bride, um, there's this thing. She doesn't know how she likes her eggs. She always likes her eggs the way her partner likes her eggs. And, you know, basically in the process of the movie, I haven't seen this movie in like a long time, but it, in the course of the movie, she has to learn how to get to know herself, right? And like figure out how she actually likes her age. And to be honest, like, there are some people out there who don't have a preference about eggs. Like, there are Libras who can see the balance in all things, right? So there's plenty of people out there who don't need to know what their egg preference is, but also do get to have the dignity and autonomy of having their own mood, having their own experience, and not needing to, like, conform to somebody else. Um, And then also, like, sometimes we're in situations with other people where we perceive other people to be a threat simply because that's how we were raised. We were raised to think that other people's moods were a threat to us. But when you kind of get that confidence of, I can just be me, um, you don't worry so much about other people's moods. You don't worry so much about needing to please other people. Um, Something that uh, really helped me understand people-pleasing and understand how to be myself was learning the difference between being kind and being nice. Being nice is where you're just like, you know, nice, nice, right? Like you're just, you're just being how you need people, how, how you think people need you to be, right? Which is like also doing a lot of decision making for other people and not allowing them the autonomy to just you know, experience life how they want to experience it. But being kind is like compassion. It's uh, generosity. It's connection. It's uh, it's caring about how other people think, but not needing to conform your behavior to make it so, I don't know. It's, it's hard to really like disentangle it because nice, it feels to me like a very kind of fake thing. And kindness feels to me like a very real thing, like a, a connection-based thing where nice is just like, it really denies connection because it, it denies the sort of authenticity in a, in a real, um, I don't know. I think connection really is born from two people really just 
aligning and um, and finding commonality. Even when you disagree, you can still be connecting. Um, and, and it's a, an emotional thing, too. And I'm not saying, like, you should go out there and just be a bully or be mean or, like, just do what you want and not care what other people, you know, think. Like, I think kindness is, like, you know, wanting to be a, a beneficial presence on the planet, right? Instead of just, like, um, being a miserable person who's constantly twisting themselves up for the comfort of other people. Um, martyrdom comes in a lot when you're people pleasing too, because if you feel like you're constantly giving of yourself to other folks and not filling up your cup, um, and complaining about it and wanting to get attention for it, I don't know. It's all, it's all a very complex thing, but basically, um, something that helped me, uh, really like get to the root of this was being willing to look at my shame um, being willing to look at the ways in which um, I was kind of being defensive and prickly because I was so worried about what other people thought of me and letting my ego get in the way um, and really doing a lot of work on humility um, and understanding the difference between the egoic self and the spiritual self. Um, I have a really good oracle deck called um, the... Oh my goodness. It's called The Answer is Simple, and it's by Sonia Choquette. Um, it's out on Hay House Publications. And, you know, pro tip, sometimes they do 50% off sales. Um, but this deck of cards is the realist. It really just, like, every card is telling you what your ego self is trying to do and what your spirit self wants to bring out. And I think that like the difference between being nice and being kind is really from the egoic self. You're being nice. You're like doing what people need you to do. And then being your, your spiritual self is being kind because our spiritual selves are love, right? Like we are on this planet to love one another and to connect and to, and to, to bridge all these differences. Like, I think we're supposed to be different. Human beings are different by design. Uh, but I also think that we are truly more alike than we are different. And so it's really like kind of building a bridge instead of like, um, I don't know, but I've lost this metaphor, but <laughs> I got to keep going. Um, but something that, uh, really helped me too was like kind of understanding how my behavior, uh, as a people pleaser was conforming so that I would feel safe. Um, and I was really an overachiever perfectionist for much of my early life as a child. And then as an early adult, um, I felt like my achievements were where I got my value, uh, as much to do with why I went to law school. Um, and in fact, it turns out, I'm valuable just because I exist. I don't actually need to do anything to be worthy of love other than be in this moment right now. Um, and it is so funny how we are raised in this way to believe that like our belonging has to come out of conformity, being like other people. Our belonging has to be uh, from not making waves and not like, it's like all this, human beings have this essential need to belong and to connect with other people. But when you're making that connection, um, contingent on specific behaviors and like pleasing specific people in your life. Cause all of us kind of have this, this is a question Tony Robbins asks a lot is like, which parent were you afraid to disappoint or were you always trying to please? Right? Like that parent looms large in your subconscious brain. Uh, typically that parent is also uh, part of your internal monologue. Uh, when kids are ages zero to seven, they're kind of like sponges. They're not really learning things in an academic way. They're just kind of receiving and absorbing. And the thought of this, that the words you speak around your kids becomes their internal dialogue. So if you are someone who was raised by 
dysfunctional people, which I think many, many, many of us are, um, your internal dialogue is probably pretty dysfunctional. And that's something you actually have control over to change, but it takes a lot of work to change that. Because we think like 80,000 thoughts a day and some giant percent of them are negative. So uh, you really have to do the work of becoming aware of what your thoughts are and work to kind of it's almost like reparenting yourself, like really working to realign those thoughts and to shift them to something that is, you know, more pleasing or kinder to yourself. Um, I worked on my body love journey so earnestly for many years. And I thought because I love my body, I loved myself. And that was actually not true because it turned out my internal dialogue was so mean to myself that I was in fact not being self-loving. Um, and so I'm still like in the process of, of, uh, becoming aware and diffusing my thought life. And a lot of thought life stuff can be resolved. I'll, mantras help me a lot, you know, like just having a, a set thing that I shift my focus to. I also do affirmations every single day uh, right after I meditate. So I wake up first thing I meditate. And then second thing I do my affirmations. Actually, technically first thing I pray and then I meditate and then I do my affirmations. Um, but it's really important to get ahead of things. Like you're, you are the most um, kind of aligned with your inner spirit, uh, when you're sleeping. And as soon as you wake up, if you wake up to like a litany of shameful thoughts or negative thoughts, just really pay attention to that. Cause that's setting the tone for your day. And when you want to be a thermostat, not a thermometer, you've got to set the temperature in your brain and you've got to start there and, and really set yourself up for success. Um, I'm really working on, um, the discipline of routines, um, especially in this year where like, looks like I'm not traveling. So I, I don't have anything to disrupt my routines. I'm just continuing to embed them and get better and better at them. And that's really helping my thought life and my emotional stability. Um, you know, so is therapy. Uh, I've had therapy since, uh, consistently with this specific therapist since January of 2019. And I had such a rough year last year. I was so grateful for my therapist. Um, and then now this year, uh, through the coronavirus, like I'm still doing some great breakthroughs and growing and all of that. And like staying consistent with my routines and my care has been so clutch in this time. Um, and, oh, and to really kind of like wind this back, I'm also like living near my mom, uh, for the last nine months, uh, for the first time in my adult life, which is actually really enabling me to do work on my thought life and, uh, diffuse a lot of triggers. Um, even like within the first few months of living here, I diffused dozens of triggers. I talked about how I did that, um, over on my Patreon on Bevan's Bites, which is my little like podcast of mini episodes. If you like this kind of stuff, like where I talk through um, diffusing things um, and and growing my thought life and uh, and growth oriented stuff, that's what that podcast is all about. It's like Reiki healings, meditations, and little musings like this, but in shorter format. Um, but something that was really fun that I experienced last year, and by fun, I mean, uh, it was hard, uh, and full of growth, but really helpful, uh, was last 2019 Memorial Day weekend. I was not yet living up here near my mom. I was visiting my mom and it was the weekend I was supposed to get married, uh, to my ex fiance. And, um, and if you really want to hear that story, you can go to episode two of my podcast. And, um, but I was up here for Memorial Day weekend and, uh, the day that I was supposed to go back to, um, the airport, which the airport is such a trek from here. It is two and a half hours to drive there. So instead of doing that, my mom like drives me about an hour to a ferry and then I take a ferry and multiple other forms of transportation. So before we were going to go on that trek, we were supposed to have breakfast together. 
Um, and I overslept because I had been up very late the night before uh, having a meltdown because my ex had sent me a very upsetting email. Um, and I, you know, was processing it and like crying and, and raging and <laughs> And emailing my friends for support. You know, the things you do. Um, And so I'd been up really late and I overslept and missed out on having breakfast with her. And I just remember her, like, coming over to, like, uh, she has an art studio and that's where the guest room is. And so I was in there. And I remember her coming over and she was so disappointed in me. She was clearly kind of mad at me. And I was like, okay, it's 830 in the morning and I have already disappointed my mother. It is only up from here. Because, like, disappointing the parent you always wanted to please the most is truly, like, the thing you're always afraid of, right? Like, that's where people-pleasing really comes from is, like, these, like, very, like, simple things that you just wanted to please this parent. You just wanted to to do this thing. A lot of our hardest traits and the things that we struggle with come from that desire to please that parent. Um, And so it was just such a refreshing thing to remind myself with humor that, like, my greatest fear had come true. And so I I could only go up from there. Um, there's also like a lot of confidence that goes into not needing to people, please. Um, I have learned very much the hard way that like, if you want to please everyone, you should be ice cream. If you want to be a leader, you need to be a leader and you have to be okay not pleasing everyone because you're not going to. Um, and, uh, and that's like kind of a, a Steve Jobs quote I have botched and rearranged, but Basically, like, the idea is if you're going to be an original in this world, if you're going to be a visionary, if you're going to hold um, any sort of ideas that are kind of out of the mainstream, you're going to have to be ready for criticism, and you're going to have to not care if people don't like you. And frankly, like, I would rather have uh, – I'd rather really light up the people who like me than um, – and, and I don't need to be liked, right? Like, nobody has to like me. And Jeff Bezos, I don't love him, but I do love his results in terms of, like, you know, perseverance. He um, said, uh, to be an entrepreneur, you just have to be willing to be mis- misunderstood for a very long time. And, you know, if someone had spoken the vision of Amazon, like, oh, there's going to be this thing. This is, like, early internet, right? There's going to be this thing where you can buy pretty much anything, and it'll get shipped to you in a couple of days. Um, and we're going to pay for it by, like, wage theft, <laughs> from people. I mean, you just know, like Jeff Bezos is a billionaire, but like, you know, the people who work for Amazon are not paid fair wages. So, you know, who's really, anyway, whatever. I'm glad that we're having, we're talking about this a lot in the public consciousness and we're really calling to question the existence of billionaires. Um, but anyway, all of that to say, like you really, in order to be your true self, you're going to have to disappoint some people and you're going to have to get okay with that. And it really matters more that you're living in alignment with your values, that you know that you're like doing the best you can to be a good person. Right. Um, and I think also like it can, it, it was a really rude awakening for me to realize that my friends were around for a reason, a season or a lifetime. You know, like, there are so many good work friends I had, but then, like, we never really stayed in contact after after working together. And it's like, oh, interesting. We, like, were so close when we were in proximity, but when it really came to it, like, we didn't make time to be friends with each other. Um, and I just find that so interesting and really telling. And just know, like, as if you're a growth-oriented person, which you probably are, otherwise, why are you listening to my podcast? But... Um, if you're a growth-oriented person, you're going to grow out of friendships. You're going to grow away from family members. Um, you can love them, and you can honor them, and you can bless them, but you are probably not going to please them. And it's you just have to be willing to be misunderstood in order to live your true life. Mr. Rogers said, 
the greatest gift you can give someone is your authentic self. And when you're people pleasing, you're not being your authentic self. You are being a version of yourself you think you need to be in order to make everything okay. Um, and things are not going to be okay all the time. Things are going to fall apart. Things are going to, but often like when things are falling apart or you're hitting problems, life is just kind of course correcting you and helping you get somewhere better. Um, and I truly believe that like everything is okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. Um, and one thing that's been really getting me through this pandemic is just to continue to believe that everything is working out, um, and, and looking for the good in things and allowing the good to be there. Um, another thing I learned recently, which I just totally, um, loved is that boundaries are really for people that you want to keep in your life. Um, if you're, if you're actually taking the time to make a boundary with someone, it's because you want them around. Um, and setting boundaries for like, you know, when people are like, oh, I don't like it when you're so cheerful or so excited, you know, like there are lots of ways in which people, you know, try to conform your behavior by telling you they don't like things and that's okay. You know, you can just choose to not be excited around that person or choose not to spend time with that person. Um, I know like we don't get a lot of control always about the people who are in our family or in our quarantine pod or whoever. Right. But control the things you can control and like release the things you can't control. And sometimes like, you know, when you're around family, you got to spend a lot of time with headphones and listening to people and curating what's going into your brain. Um, I think I would, uh, go completely cuckoo if I lived in the same house with someone who was blaring Fox news all day. Uh, but if I did, I would spend that whole day on headphones, like not listening to that and listening to other stuff. So Anyway, just figuring out and making the right choices for you and knowing that this kind of stuff does not resolve itself overnight. This is like um, the work of a long time. Um, it's kind of like turning an oil tanker around in the ocean. Like you don't just like flip a U and suddenly you're, you're going in the direction you want to go. You actually have to really slowly turn it around and then eventually you develop momentum. And eventually you don't really give a lot of fucks about what people think about you. And life is so much better on this side of giving fucks about what people think about you. Um, I want to assure you that like a uh, people pleasing existence can be a thing of the past and you really can like, um, choose to live your life the way you want and, um, and things will unfold for you to be your authentic self if you're committed to that path. Um, so just to go through some, some resources, I think that might help you, um, Al-Anon recovery, if you feel you might be affected by someone else's drinking, this is a really great time to explore Al-Anon, especially because so many meetings are online now. Um, I think they're all online now uh, on Zoom. You can really pop around and find the fellowship that works for you. Um, standard uh, advice is to try six meetings before you decide that it's not for you because each meeting has its own personality. Um, but then finding a home group and a sponsor as soon as you can uh, so that you can really work the recovery program. It's amazing and cost-effective, nearly free, could be free, uh, group therapy that has been some of the most effective and profound work I've done on myself was in Al-Anon and really changing a lot of how um, I was, you can actually rewire your brain through 12-step programs. There's uh, studies about that that just, because the way we're raised, we're like, our brains are mapping out to like be these little people pleasers and like really conform our behavior and get deep into shame. 
and um, you can rewire your brain. You really can. Um, the book I, I referenced, From Survival to Recovery, is from Alan on Literature. That really just gave me the perspective of understanding the violent alcoholic <laughs> environments that my ancestors <laughs> were part of and really gave me a lot of compassion. Also, another thing that's really helped me is just to start seeing difficult people. Because my kindness does not matter um, whether someone's a difficult asshole or not, right? Like, I'm just going to be kind no matter what because that's who I am and that's what I'm here to do. Um, and uh, that kindness and compassion loop actually benefits me even more than it benefits anybody else. So, like, the more kindness I'm putting out. Because really, you reap what you sow. And um, I believe the same is with, like, dark magic and stuff like that. You reap what you sow. And, like, you might as well be kind because that's what ultimately you'll get back. Even if you're kind to an a-hole, set boundaries, you know, like you don't have to keep interacting with an a-hole, but do keep being kind because ultimately it helps you and makes your heart feel better. Uh, therapy could not recommend that more. I think therapy is an apocalypse survival, uh, mechanism, you know, in the apocalypse, we don't have internet. So since we have internet right now, maybe try therapy. Uh, therapy is just like, I, I, it's the most important money I spend every month. I'll say that. Um, and I have a great, I mean, I have a great therapist and I worked hard to get one. So you just have to also be willing to fire your therapist if they're not working for you. Um, but also, I don't know that I, I, I found my therapist on an app, by the way, through the pride counseling app, but now we work together as a coach because technically he doesn't live in my, um, in my state. So we do coaching instead of therapy, but it's good because we talk about astrology and tarot <laughs> more now that we're coaching. Um, surrounding myself with high vibe friends who bring me up to their level. Um, you always rise to the level of your association. So if you're, you know, the kindest person that you hang around with, hang out with kinder people. If you're hanging out with other people who are people pleasers, find people to hang out with who are not people pleasers. And I'll tell you this, like, it doesn't even have to be people you see in real life. It can be people you choose to allow to influence you. Um, I think algorithms are a method of thought control um, that, you know, like Instagram telling you who to look at versus you going and saying, oh, I really want to hear what Beyonce has to say today. Or I really, I don't know. I, I don't know why I use Beyonce as an example, but whoever, right? Like really pick like your top 10 influences and really focus on them. I would say even top five because you're really most influenced by the five people you spend the most time with. Um, and then also get to know yourself. Like, really take the time to get to know yourself. There's a lot of great guided journals out there um, that can help you connect um, with yourself if you're in any kind of recovery, especially from eating disorders. Um, there's a book, there's a journal I like called the Recovery Journal. I'll put a link to it. My friend Aaron Witherspoon wrote it. Um, I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but I'll look at it. Um, and so stuff like that, like really getting to know yourself. Cause honestly, a lot of what people pleasing does is it robs you of your authentic self and, um, and you deserve to get to know you, you're different and yourself for a reason. Um, and then also for me staying prayed up, like connecting to God, like a lot of the things God leads me to, I do not understand. Um, and other people don't understand, but they kind of play out ultimately if I stay in faith. So, you know, that's kind of, kind of what I do is like just stay connected and trust that all of the things that are happening in my life are happening for me. So that's it. If you have any questions about people pleasing or any advice or anything like that, 
please feel free to shoot me an email, um, bevinsparty at gmail.com. And you can find me on Instagram at bevinsparty. Um, if you love this podcast, if you want more, um, Bevins Bites is, of course, available on my Patreon. Patreon is a membership support site that allows folks like you to support creators like me who make work that enrich your life. Um, it fully supports my whole life. Like, I did not realize going into the corona that my Patreon would become pretty much my sole source of income. But that's what happened. And um, I'm really, really grateful for the people who are supporting me there and helping me create um, awesome body positive aerobics. Um, so for 25 bucks a month, uh, you can join and get on-demand aerobics classes. Um, there's always six at a time, a 10 minute, a 20 minute, a 45 minute can size aerobics class, two 55 minute classes, and then a chair aerobics class. And that's all available there. Um, but you can also join at the $2 level and get access to lots of exclusive updates I don't share anywhere else. Uh, but on my Patreon. Um, and, and also I have a Zoom aerobics class that's free for all levels of my Patreon at 11 a.m. every Saturday morning uh, Pacific time. I love it. It's one of my favorite things I do now. It's a highlight of the week and I would love to party with you. So please consider joining me. Um, and thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of my Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, for subscribing it to it, um, and, you know, for just letting me be an influence on you. I hope that you know that you are worthy of love exactly as you are. There is nothing you need to change to be worthy, and you are valuable, you are magical, and you deserve to have a happy, contented, joyful thought life, and you can get there. Bye, everybody!